0: Get ready. Get ready,
1: three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast. The fantasy Joes Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Fantasy Joes Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Welcome everybody to the initial episode. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood. Joining me are Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Doing fantastic, Ryan. How are you, man? (laughs) I am pumped, guys. I am pumped. This is our first show. The season's about to start. Will, are you ready for some fantasy football?
2: Are you ready for some NFL football? Oh, I'm so psyched up for some NFL football. The college football was a great taste, but finally ready for the year to get going.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, college football just doesn't live up to the NFL in my book. I know, I know it, it can be fun and exciting, especially close games. But uh, I don't know. You know that that first game, that Ohio State Indiana game, you just knew Ohio State was going to come back and win. They were just the more talented team. Uh, I, I want to see a competitive game. I'm really hoping that the Chiefs can uh, give the Pats a game um, on Thursday night. But b- before we get get into talking about football, we should do brief introductions. Who are we? Who are the Fantasy Joes? We're just three guys, we're just average Joes, and we love football, and we love playing fantasy football, particularly Dynasty. Um, I am a librarian. I'm a librarian by day, but by night, I'm a fantasy football fanatic, I love it. Um, Right now, my favorite player to own, this may seem odd because I'm a Bears fan, but it's Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers terrorizes the Bears almost every time they play it seems. You know, I have nightmares back to that game where he threw for 315 yards and six touchdowns against the Bears. So my thought process is, why don't I just own him, and then it minimizes the pain I feel whenever Green Bay plays the Chicago Bears. Uh, I think my strength as an owner is working the waiver wire. I like to work the waiver wire, like Eddie Lacy works uh, an all-you-can-eat buffet line. Uh, Just keep going at it, keep working it. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, that's where I have a lot of my success, working the waiver wire. Uh,
3: Trey, tell us about yourself. Well, I'm a registered nurse living in the the outskirts of Asheville, North Carolina, living on a little farm here with my wife and kids. And uh, for me, uh, one of my claims to fame is I am the uh, founder and president of the Fantasy Addicts support group on GroupMe. There's a lot of uh, degenerate fantasy football uh, men and women that are hanging out, wasting their time on uh, that forum. A lot of good things happening there. Um, and I'm pretty excited to uh, ride Aaron Rodgers into victory uh, this upcoming week against the Finlay Falcons. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited in uh, seeing what Aaron Rodgers can bring to the table. So for me, my, I've always been huge on value. Like that's always my angle when it comes to fantasy football. And I don't get too attached to players I like to capitalize on values whether I'm buying or selling making trades. I make a lot of trades. I I I probably um not as great at hitting the waiver wire. That's one of the things I'm looking to kind of become better at, but I, I make a lot of trades, a lot of moves and uh something I'm I'm looking to continue to do in this upcoming season. Can't wait to get this fantasy season started.
0: Yeah, and just just so listeners know, the fantasy uh uh, the Finley Falcons fans football team, that's that's my team, and I will be going against Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, anyway, we'll see what the Seattle defense can do um, against Aaron Rodgers. Will, tell us about yourself.
2: Well, howdy. Uh, will Greenwood here. Uh, just a brief introduction to me. Uh, I'm, I'm from Iowa. I live in Minneapolis now with my wife and two fur babies, Poppy the Bernese Mountain Dog and Ava the Spicy Cat. Uh, my kind of football fandom starts with, being an Iowa Hawkeye fanboy through and through, went to school there. Love all their sports, everything like that. Uh, you know, if you combine like passion, excitement, backed up occasionally by some statistics, uh, you kind of built me as a fantasy player. I would say like my strengths as a fantasy player are I'm I'm really active <laughs> in all the leagues that I'm in. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I get really good waiver wire hits and things like that, but I have a really hard time not pulling the trigger trying to move those guys. Uh, But I just the my favorite thing about fantasy is being heavily involved in it and making it as fun as possible for me. And uh, the that Seattle defense after that last trade, I mean, Aaron Rodgers might go down week one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's possible, I suppose. Um, Yeah, and you mentioned it, Will. I mean, that's what makes us fun. You know, is is being active, and we encourage you to be active, and you're going to be more successful that way anyway in fantasy football if you're active. So you're joining us on the Fantasy Joes, but tonight we've got a special guest and he's a true pro. And let's get to that special guest right now. So I'm very happy to introduce our special guest this evening, the one, the only Scott Fish. Uh, Scott Fish is a senior analyst for Fanball. He started this uh, tournament, maybe you've heard of it, called the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, and, And really one of the most important things he does is Fantasy Cares, it's a movement that he started Uh, And I think Scott, you've raised over twenty thousand dollars in the past two years for Toys for Kids.
1: Well over, yeah. We're we're coming closer to twenty five now. I think twenty two to twenty five.
0: That's unbelievable. That's so awesome. What what was the motivation to do that, Scott? Out of all things, like it was a it's a great idea, and so many people now I think do that with their leagues. There are a lot of leagues that I know that they'll they'll if even if it's not for Toys for Tots, they'll decide okay, we're going to give money to a local charity. So, what was the idea behind that?
1: Well, first off, thanks for having me on the show, which uh, it's it's awesome to be on this uh, I believe you're first guest. So, <laughs> it's yes, first, first episode. Guess,
0: first guest ever. Yeah, Where if if the nerves, you, say, you hear the nerves in your voice, that's why because uh, cuz you're uh, you know, obviously a legend in the fantasy football community.
1: Oh. So. No, <laughs> definitely not a legend. But, but th- thanks for having me on, guys. This is great. This is great. Uh, yeah, fantasy cares uh, started a few years ago when there were some GoFundmes on on Twitter, and I wanted to try to help support them. So I created some fantasy leagues to, you know, raise money for those GoFundmes. And then the following year, I wanted to help my uh, my friend Jeff Miller with his Toys for Todd's drive, and then he kind of faded away in, in not having time to do that, and I just kept plugging away because Toys for Tots is, is a, is a charity. I really, really believe in. And now, not only are we raising money for that now we're also doing this one time league that you can hit me up on Twitter. If you want information about that, you know, you, there's no draft. You just start six players a week and we are raising money for Houston with that one. So Mm -hmm. it, it it feels good to do good. And, and one thing I've always preached with fantasy leagues, and I just want to throw this in there too, is that it, take one entry fee and donate it to charity you won't miss it and the fantasy industry can do so much good if we do
0: i love that i love that, that that's so important and it's just a you know a fun hobby that we have and it's a passion so let's take a little bit of our passion and and, and do good for our communities and good do, good do good for for really the world and, and houston sure could use the help that's for that's for darn sure so uh is scott anything else you want to talk about before we introduce the the next segment
1: Sure, I I mean I can plug one thing, I guess. I I work for fanball.com and I have my own contest on fanball called uh what's well, the Scott Fishbowl contest? You can win your way into the Scott Fishbowl and it's fanball.com backslash SFB. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to talk about uh talk about some of these players.
0: Yeah, and, and this is a segment we're calling Get This Guy Now. And the idea behind this segment is that. The season's about to begin. Believe it or not, we waited for so long, but we're going to have real football um, just around the corner. And this, get this guy now. These are guys we think you should get while you have an opportunity because we think they're going to explode in value. Uh, so whatever means you can, you can do, get them. Um, so Scott, what are some guys you think that that owners should target now? That if they don't do it now, uh, one week or two weeks into the year, they're going to be gone there's going to be no opportunity to get those
1: guys. Well, I think I'll start with the obvious one is probably Zeke. <laughs> I mean, if you want to <laughs> if you want to try to trade for Zeke, now is the only time you're going to have because we're going to know very soon whether whether he's, you know, whether he's going to be suspended or not and you might be able to get a nervous owner, but I'll, I'll move away from that. That's just too that's too low hanging fruit. <laughs> I think I think that you might in some leagues be able to get a guy like Tarek cohen out of nowhere right now and i think he might legitimately be a pretty good just running back he looked good between the tackles in preseason he's going to be the pass catching back i know that jordan howard had eye surgery this offseason but he dropped five passes in one game he's he is not a good pass catcher and Tarek cohen human joystick he's he's pretty explosive and can basically be free right now
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's a good call. Any concerns about his size? I mean, you you know, I I don't, I'm a Bears fan, and I worry that the Bears management, um, they don't know, they're not the the best talent evaluators, and and they got a small guy that's going to break down and not be viable in the NFL. Do you have any concerns about his size? He's Um,
1: not at the moment, <laughs> but <laughs> but but I have you I seen him in person? <laughs> yeah, he does look tiny. I, he does have that sneaky little thing where the, the defenders can't see him behind the line, so he can just sneakily break through a line without right. without people uh knowing it. And but yeah, you could worry, but uh, hopefully he's comp- just compact enough to uh to survive, and maybe they'll use him, you know sparingly and he can be an efficient fantasy player like jamal charles was at times and and not have to take on a whole lot of injuries and talk about a a player that is super exciting to own and you get to watch you know you go and you watch let's say
2: uh red zone you're watching the bears game and you have cohen on your team and you get to see him come in and play an electric player that just it makes the games more fun to watch having a guy like him so i can totally get behind that absolutely
0: yeah, I mean, Absolutely. as a, as a Bears fan, I certainly have an interest, and I don't really own him anywhere, so I, I want to get him. I had my doubts, but yeah, you're right. This is this is my opportunity to get him.
2: Um, he caught two balls while doing a backflip.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. if you haven't seen that video? Definitely, definitely check it out on on YouTube. Uh, Will, what about one of your guys? Who's your who's your top guy to go out and get right now?
2: Uh, sure. And the number one guy on the list for me, and and somebody that uh, I mentioned earlier in the year when we were just chatting is is Brandon Coleman for the Saints. And this was even before Willie Sneed was out. I was kind of on this little bit of a riding my own Brandon Coleman hype train. I didn't realize it, and I didn't really even really think about it, but the guy is 6'6", so he is a giant. And when you have one wide receiver coming out of that core in the, uh, down there in New Orleans and you have Drew Brees throwing to him, he's going to get the ball accurately. He's going to be a red zone target. Kobe Fleener has been kind of – uh, he's basically been flaming out. Uh, I'm, I'm, all on, I'm all on board. Uh, the Brandon Coleman hype train is going into his third year. I feel like he's been around forever because he's been vulturing touchdowns from your fantasy players for a couple of years. And so you always remember when he scores. And so basically my, yeah, he's my, he's my, my top, uh, get that player now because opportunity is finally going to meet his, his, uh, physical gifts and talent. And I think you're going to see maybe not week one because the Vikings defense is pretty stout, especially up the middle. Uh, but it, going forward through the year, I really, really like Brandon Coleman.
0: I like it. Yeah. He's a guy that, that, that I I like as well. And I've liked him for a little while. Scott, what do you think of Brandon Coleman?
1: You know, I like him. Okay. I worry that he's going to have that same feel of, I mean, (laughs) he could, he could definitely explode, especially with the Willie Sneed suspension here, but he kind of has that same feel that, that Devery Henderson and uh, Robert Meacham had back in the day where they're going to have weeks where they go off. He might have weeks where he go. I'm, I'm just a little worried about the consistency, but he also has that other Avenue where let's say one of the, one of the, you know, Snead or Ginn or, um, or Michael Thomas gets injured I mean 2 years in a row the the Saints have had three wide receivers with over 100 targets and they always basically always have a wide, two wide receivers with over 100 targets. So I mean if there's any kind of injury he could really <laughs> really be a guy to get. That's that's definitely a good call.
2: Yeah. And he's free is is the big thing. Exactly. He's on everybody's waiver wire.
1: Right. Uh,
0: so a guy I want to bring up I want your guys opinion on who is intriguing to me and I know he has um, some downside um, is Wendell Smallwood. I I mean, he's a guy you could pretty much get for free, but why I like Wendell Smallwood, he kind of reminds me of like a knockoff Amazon product you might order. So I'm calling him my Amazon knockoff Christian McCaffrey, because if you look at their size, um, what they did at the combine, I mean, Christian McCaffrey clearly is the better product, the, um, you know, the, the American made you know, Amazon product, if you will, and Wendell Smallwood maybe was made in some China, you know, factory in <laughs> Shenzhen, China. I get that, but you know, I think he's got a great opportunity there in Philadelphia. Pro football focus. They um, rank that offensive line number one. Um, blunts, you know, I don't, I don't think he's the answer there. I know there's Darren there Sproles, but I could see Wendell Smallwood having an opportunity to really take over that backfield role. And I know, you know, if you look at the, the Eagles offense and their running back situations, maybe one to avoid they, they they've said they're going to play the hot hand each week, but Wendell Smallwood kind of intrigues me. Not that he's unbelievably talented, but I think it's a nice opportunity behind a really good offensive line. So, so any thoughts, uh, uh, Scott, you want to jump in and give me your thoughts on Wendell Smallwood. Am I crazy for liking him? No,
1: that? I love Smallwood. I I liked him coming out. I grabbed him late in dynasty leagues. So I I'm i I'm a Smallwood fan on, on my, on my, my podcast, the bullish podcast, we, we all love Smallwood. It's, we keep waiting, waited for him to beat out Ryan Matthews and I think he could outplay blunt as well. I, I like that. I, if no one's on him yet, that he could easily be the starter there. And I think he can be a three down back unlike a lot of people don't think so. I think he can be, I, I, that's a good call.
0: Yeah. Um, I, and I know, in, in I did a startup dynasty recently and I got him real, real late. I think he was one of my last picks. Um, and, and on redraft leagues, you know, he's on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. So, uh, Will, you have any love for Wendell Smallwood?
2: Uh, I mean, I have a little bit. I picked up Wendell Smallwood last year <laughs> in some redraft leagues. And I think it was just uh, maybe I'm just a little burned from him being so bad last year that it's hard for me to see him making the leap into fantasy relevance. Just in that sense, I don't have a lot of like stats or any sort of uh, – a better like better positioning than that than other than uh I was just disappointed with how it went last year and didn't see a spark or anything like that uh but I I'm I'm all for Wendell Smallwood that's that's the only like bad thing I have to say against him I just feel like there should be some sort of contradictory point
1: yeah I don't I don't think there's I don't think you're gonna find anything in stats and I it's and I would agree that I don't think he's special but I I don't think Blunt is very good and Matthews I didn't think was very good I and as uh, Ryan already mentioned, the O-line, I just think it's opportunity. <laughs> so I agree with your points on, on Wendell as an actual back, you know, but uh, I just like the opportunity in Philadelphia.
2: Uh, I also love Sprolls because he's from Waterloo, Iowa. And <laughs> Iowa people, good people. Nice. nice.
1: <laughs>
0: you got to stick together, don't you, Will? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Scott, here's another guy that we should go out and grab before it's too late.
1: Well, you know what? How about the trio of Chris Carson, D'Angelo Henderson, and Kenny Galladay? I mean, I, I don't know if you guys, you had them on your list. I, I feel like there's a lot of hype surrounding them. But I think in your average home league that someone's playing in, they either went late in the draft or possibly not at all. Uh, it de- It depends on your league, I suppose. But they're buried in depth charts right now. They might get dropped in the first couple of weeks because they don't get enough play, especially a guy like D'Angelo Henderson. But I think later in the season, D'Angelo Henderson, I could easily see him being the starting back if CJ Anderson gets injured like CJ Anderson always does. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Devonte Booker doesn't perform like Devontae Booker does. And Jamal Charles. I, I like him, but I think at this point in his career, he's, he's just going to be an eight to 10 touch guy. I think D'Angelo can be that, that bell cow for them later in the season.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a good call. I, you know, I happen to be kind of high on, on Booker because I know that he didn't do well with his chance to uh, you know, to shine last year, but he's a guy you can kind of get for nothing. I mean, I think that that's fact true that, that, well, yeah, I, I don't know. May, maybe not, but I know they like him. There's no, it's, a lot of good talk about him. So I think that he's another guy you can think about in that backfield because yeah, just CJ Anderson, you can't have any faith in him. And someone's going to step into that opportunity. Um,
1: absolutely.
0: And I love the, the call too on, on Carson, uh, because you know, it seems like Seattle can find these guys. just like they found Thomas Rawls and Thomas mm-hmm. Rawls hasn't, Started for a full year since his, I think it was a senior year of high school at Flint, Michigan. I mean, the guy just is like star-crossed. He can't buy a break. Um, I love the way he runs, the way he plays. But, yeah, I, I think that's that Carson could be really interesting this year. Will, what do you think of those, those guys? Uh,
2: well, I think Henderson, I would love for him to grab the starting job in Denver just so I could watch him run. He's so small and compact It would be, mm. again, it's just like a fan outside of even fantasy football. I think he would be a fun player to watch too well. I picked him up in a lot of like last round picks in, in dynasty drafts just because he's coming out as an older prospect. He was picked later and he has like the, he's, his BMI is huge. Uh, and I just kind of was like hoping that, that somehow he becomes like the, I mean, like, let's say, let's say like the A minus version of Maurice Jones Drew or something like that. And he has, I mean, there's an opportunity there. That, that backfield's so muddled. But what made me super sad was when he had those two fumbles in preseason. Uh, I just don't feel like the NFL is very forgiving. About things like that. Uh, with Chris Carson, I mean the Seahawks. Like, yeah, he, he, you might as well have him uh, in case something else happens. He flashed a little bit in preseason. Seattle literally doesn't care about who you are on the field. It matters what you do, and their coaching style total, it leads really well into having players like that that can flash quickly and then take over a big role. Mm-hmm. And then Galladay, I feel like there's been a big Galladay hype train going. I, I don't. Let me not touch too much on him.
1: Well, that's, that's my point on Galladay is the hype train, it seems to be fading already, and I don't know how productive he's going to be at the start of the season, so I, I wonder if he's going to start to get dropped, and people can grab him after that, because I do think, I mean, they lost 22 red zone targets, and he's a 6-4 receiver who proved he can do that, especially in that two-touchdown game.
2: Yeah, and I think Theo Riddick battling his injuries, too, there's going to be more, I don't know, I just don't have a lot of faith in Theo Riddick this year either, so I think mm. you're going to see Got it. And then we're often
1: Nice.
0: So we, we lost Trey there for a second, but Trey is, is back with us. I believe Trey, do you want to weigh <laughs> in on your uh, guy to get?
3: Yeah, man. I'd love to. Um, I'm going to start out with uh, the hype train. That is the Detroit Detroit lions running back, Amir Abdullah. Uh, I, you know, I, I know there's some concerns over him losing some work in the passing game to Theo Riddick, um, potentially losing some work at the uh, goal line to Zach Zenner. Uh, but, I, you know, this guy is just a uh, metric-breaking beast that is about to be unleashed on the NFL. I'm excited to see the opportunity that he's going to get. I, I do, you know, obviously there's some injury concerns. Um, but I love the talent, and I think that there is an incredible, incredible opportunity uh, that this guy becomes a, a top 10 dynasty running back here over the course of the upcoming season. I'm excited to see what happens. If he can stay healthy, that's the, the big concern. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what he does. Did you say top 10, Trey? You know, I did. I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not planning, I'm not planning a flag I'm not planning a flag I'm just saying he's got the, he's got the talent so I I, I mean I do I, I I mean I do I have gone on record and said that I believe he's going to be top 20 this year um in half point PPR and I'm very very comfortable with that statement so I, I do think the opportunity there Scott, I got to
0: hear your, your thoughts on that. What what do you think about Amir Abdullah?
1: <laughs> I think it's uh, I think it's bold. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have Abdullah twenty sixth in my redraft rankings. Uh, also half PPR. Uh, I I don't know that Riddick's going to go away as much as uh, Will or Trey think, but you know it's it's possible. Riddick's had his fair share of injury concerns, but if Amir Abdullah stays healthy and that offense, I think the Detroit offense is going to be better than a lot of people think. uh, He might get more scoring opportunities and I can see it happening. I don't have it there, but I don't think it's the worst call ever. (laughs) I think it's a, it's a nice, fun, bold call is what it is. All right. All right. Scott, I
0: I know you got to go in a couple of minutes. So Mm -hmm. do you want to leave us with, uh, with one more guy that we should get before it's too late before we can't afford him?
1: Oh boy. Um, let's see here. I, I guess if you're in like a two QB or super flex league, uh, Brian Hoyer is a guy that I absolutely love for this year. I think that 49ers offense is going to be much better than people think. Kyle Shanahan is a, med, a great offensive coordinator. And even last year, Brian Hoyer in his four games had uh, over, I believe over 300 yards in all four of them. And he averaged like 330 yards per game. And he had multiple touchdowns in three of them. And he was even good with Houston the year before. Give him a full season where he doesn't have to worry about being the starter or not. C.J. Beathard is not going to beat him out. And give him Shanahan as an offensive coordinator. And <laughs> You know where he went to school, right? Yes, I do. I, I know that. God him he, But how about I talk nice about another guy you should go out and get now, George Kittle, who I actually yeah. really love. So what, what Shanahan has done with tight ends, let's take away last year with a rookie in Hooper. With, even back to the Fred Davis days, I mean, the, Shanahan has always had really he – he made Jacob Tamme a viable tight end. So <laughs> I like I George Kittle as well. So Hoyer and Kittle. Hoyer and two QB or superflex leagues. Kittle, why not take a, take a stab at him, throw him on the back of your roster. He, he could really pan out as a, as a viable tight end.
2: Uh speaking like so I was I don't think I've ever been so disappointed by somebody's metrics when Kittle went to the combine. Right. And they're like, Oh, he's Uber athletic. And at Iowa, it's like, oh, we barely passed the ball. So
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> like what, what was Kittle's like highest receptions? Twenty-two in a season. I think yeah, it was... one, one... <laughs> Yeah, one of his years I think your top wide receiver had like 37 receptions or something. You, yeah, you just don't pass a lot there. That's true. <laughs> uh and Beathard, I
2: mean he lost a little bit of his uh his shine when he cut his hair. He used to have hair down to like pass his shoulders. I think I'd oh. be a bigger fan if he still had that. So, Oh uh, kind it's like of like Samson, Samson
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice yeah well though, yeah those are two that i i do like for this year a lot more than i like the 49ers of offense more than other people i think i i love garçon if you can get garçon he's he's going to be a target monster this year yeah
0: well well scott uh we want to thank you the the fantasy judgment. thank you for coming on to our our humble little po- podcast is just getting started so thank you so so much we really really appreciate it thank you
1: so much oh, thanks no. man Thanks, yeah, thanks for having me. This was awesome. This was very, very awesome. I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you guys uh, sent me a message and uh, allowed me to come on. <laughs> Highlight of the day. So
0: this is the first show. And what we thought we would do going into week one is take a look at ADP, where guys are going and, and redraft ADP. This is, a, this is a fantasy football show that does focus on Dynasty, but we will talk a lot of a lot of redrafty stuff too, especially during the, the season. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at ADP and we're going to identify guys that we think will either, I think these are all guys that will outperform their ADP. We may talk about a couple of guys that will underperform ADP, but for the most part, we're going to focus on guys that will exceed ADP expectations. And this is a segment we're calling... Exceed ADP expectation. <laughs> ADP dominance.
3: <laughs> That's better. ADP dominance. Don't underestimate. Don't underestimate our creativity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let without further ado, let's begin. Um, Trey, you have a quarterback to start the conversation. Hmm, who might this quarterback be, and why do you have him listed?
3: I do so. This gentleman is being faded significantly in dynasty leagues. And I believe that some of that is beginning to trickle over into redraft. Um, He's a gentleman that's, uh, shall we say, a bit long in the tooth. Um, But he's a guy that I uh, think that the redraft community is sleeping on a little bit. He's currently going off the board as quarterback 19. So in a one quarterback, 12 team league. He's pretty much an afterthought. You know, he, he's kind of in the mid middle of the uh, second uh, tier, if you will, of wide receivers in a two-quarterback league. And this is none other than uh, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Carson Palmer. Uh, this guy is, uh, I think, in his late 30s. And he finished last year, I believe, as quarterback 16, despite missing one game. And uh, I believe the biggest thing that's going to catapult Carson Palmer into the top 12 where I believe he has the potential to finish this year is uh, not only a a reasonable schedule, but I I truly believe that Larry Fitzgerald is a Hall of Fame receiver. He still has some gas left in the tank. David Johnson, who for me right there with Le'Veon Bell, is the best receiving back in the NFL. Um, and if John Brown can can finally get over this sickle cell issue, you've got J.J. Nelson, Jerron Brown. There's some really good young receivers there that could step up. So I see Carson Palmer um, very easily this year outperforming that ADP of quarterback 19.
0: Yeah, you know, that that is a good call. And he's a guy at the very least has that soft opening schedule where even if he doesn't have a great year throughout, He's going to start off really well with that schedule. Uh, Will, what do you think of Carson Palmer?
2: Oh, I'm totally on board with Carney Palmy. Uh, he, he gets to play in a division. I mean, maybe fade him against the Seahawks. But, you know, who knows? Maybe David Johnson or one of those guys breaks through that defense. But they play in a division where it's going to be really point-heavy. I don't know his, his easy schedule off the top of my head. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I have a waiver wire request for him in a league where Jameis Winston isn't going to start for me week one. and that's exactly it. Like he's that value where you're going to get a guy who could easily, I mean, he could easily finish as a top five quarterback week to week. You know, it's not out of the realm of his uh, capabilities. So love it.
0: Yeah. Their schedule, you know, they start at lions um, at Colts. They host the Cowboys. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good start right there.
2: Uh, All super weak defenses. The Cowboys defense is gonna be horrible. Anyway, sorry.
0: We so we like yeah i think yeah i think carson palmer is great especially where he's going for the qb19 uh let's get off the quarterback talk and, and will who, who do you want to start off by discussing who's a guy that you think will outperform uh, um, adp
2: so this is a guy who's been getting a lot of shade on him because of basically statistical analysis and his uh regression that is is deemed to be coming and i don't disagree with that but his name is tevin coleman so, Tevin Coleman has slipped down. He's now going in the seventh round. He's going as uh, RB31 in drafts. And there's a few things that lead me to this. A couple of them are just more personal reasons, or not, not personal, but not statistically backed up. As in, so Devontae Freeman signed a huge contract. So, they're going to be a little bit more careful with his long term health. And Tevin Coleman's still on his rookie deal. So, they're giving more run because he can sacrifice his body more for the team. Uh, Last year he finished, so he was RB21 through 16 weeks in half-point PPR. When I go and I look at stats and try to do stuff like this, I like to do it through 16 weeks because you can get a lot of outliers in week 17. And to get RB21 at pick pick 702 is super cheap. I mean, yeah, he was a little bit boom-busty. He he definitely has some risk in there, like rolled in there. But at that point in the draft, you have a guy that can at worst fill in as your RB2 if you have like a solid roster around it. Or at best, if something happens to Freeman, he could be an RB1 for you super, like, like really easily. On top of that, the last thing is uh, Devonta Freeman's concussion. I went back and looked at the stats after Freeman's concussion that he had a couple years ago when he was like dominating the league. And his stats after that weren't too bad, but his efficiency went way, 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 way down. He was just propelled by the offense rather than his own prowess.
0: You, you know what I really like about that take, Will, is that you know, Tevin Coleman is a guy when I've when I've, you know, read some articles in, in the fantasy world and on Twitter, people are really down on Tevin Coleman. It seems to me anyway, that's my perception. And I, I think I think that maybe we shouldn't overthink it. I, I mean, uh, yeah, there may there are some reasons to be down on him, but I, I think sometimes you just have to not overanalyze and, and, and look at that opportunity and look at look at what he can do in that offense.
3: Uh, Trey, what do you what do you think about Tevin Coleman? Do you like this take? Yeah, I. <clears throat> it's interesting to me because Tevin's a Col- Tevin Coleman is a guy I don't own in a lot of leagues. I know there's been some talk about um, some touchdown regression potentially with him. Um, but uh, the thing I do like about uh, Tevin Coleman is, one, he does have value week to week, even without an injury to Devonta Freeman. Uh, he has the opportunity there. He's going to be used both in the running game and as a pass catcher. Um, but there is that opportunity he does have that ceiling to where if something were to happen with Devontae Freeman whether he miss a game or a few games or be lost for the season um, Tevin Coleman could be a league winner and that's what I think is great about Tevin Coleman not only does he have value if uh, Freeman remains healthy but if something happens to Freeman you, you you're talking about a guy that could win your league for you so I like it
0: yeah you know you know uh, um transitioning, we've talked about a QB and we've talked about a running back. I want to start off by talking about a wide receiver who is the, um, you know, 52nd wide receiver taken overall. And maybe that, that ADP would have spiked at the end because of what happened to Willie Sneed. <laughs> but uh, Ted Ginn jr. And I know that Ted Ginn jr. Is kind of a guy that's getting some hype right now. Um, but I, I think that we just can't underestimate what, what a great year he could have in that saints offense. And he's probably going to be a frustrating guy to to own. And he might be a little bit like Cooks was last year in New Orleans, a little bit boom busty. But, it, you know, I, I was looking at um, – I was reading a number of fire article. And it was, it, was, it was by J.J. Zacharyson. And he was talking about that Saints offense and how they've averaged 664 pass attempts per season over the last six years. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And even if he only gets as small as a 50% target market share – uh, he's going to reach uh, triple-digit targets. Um, he is going to get see the ball a lot. We've seen him do it before. We've seen him be fantasy viable in a, in a Carolina offense. Um, Drew Brees can certainly throw the deep ball. So I, I just love Teddy Ginn Jr. I think he's a guy that has um, really improved over the course of his career. And, and I I don't know. I, I just think that, that he's a guy, especially where he's going, I and mean, he's going so late. I and mean, maybe he's only a flex option. But I don't know. I, I think he could call me crazy at the end of the year. You might look at some uh, rankings and then PPR leagues or, or uh, half-point half PPR leagues, rather. He could be a, a, you know, a wide receiver, too, a top 24 wide receiver. So I, I love Teddy Ginn, Jr. I've drafted him everywhere. You can get him late. You, can, you, you know, in a dynasty league, you could probably trade for him for nothing um, or, or next to nothing. So I, I love Teddy Ginn, Jr. What do you guys think of, uh, of Ted Ginn, Jr.?
3: I like that pick. Actually, he was a guy that was going to be in the running for me uh, going into this exercise. So when you snagged him, you know, it, it was kind of, I was kind of like, oh man, that's a great pick. Um, he's a guy that, and this, this will speak in my 10 team league uh, redraft came down to my very last pick. I knew I was going to add one more wide receiver for some depth and um, I literally was prepared to take Ted Ginn. The only reason I didn't is because Jeremy Macklin was still on the board, and I think that Macklin's going to offer a little bit more of a nice, solid floor. I mean, I've got Mari Cooper in that league. I've got Doug Baldwin, some big boom guys. Um, but I do think, and I'll tell you this, <clears throat> for Ted Ginn, if he does come out and have some a massive, massive showing in weeks one, two, or three, he's a guy that could be potential to flip. And, you know, you could really – I mean, there are people that – you play in leagues with that if uh, he comes out and puts up 25 points in one of those first few weeks with Willie Snead out, um, I would be flipping him. I do think he has season long value. Don't get me wrong. But I think when Willie, once Willie Snead comes back from the suspension, it could be kind of hard to know when you want to plug Ted Ginn. He's going to be kind of more of a boom or bust guy, a lot of big plays. Um, But yeah, I mean, give me, give me a guy that's going to be catching passes from Drew Brees all day.
0: Yeah, Trey, that's a great call. You're right. I mean, at the very least, you you can flip him because you're right. There's there's he's definitely a, a boom bust candidate. Well, what do you think of uh, Ted Ginn?
2: Uh, I think even when Sneed was in there uh, early season, he's a great late pickup. He's that he's. I mean, he's going to have the best quarterback he's ever had in his life as far as throwing goes. He's in an offense that isn't going to be able to run the ball super well if their offense is live. Supposedly, I mean, that's kind of like a ballpark guess. It's really hard to tell exactly what someone's going to do. Their defense. When, 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 I mean, the Saints defense could be improved, but still allow 35 points a game, you know? Uh, so I really like Ted Ginn. He's going to be there. He's going to get those deep bombs. Uh, I don't have any concern about drafting Ted Ginn. My only thing is, uh, depending on what kind of league you're in, so I just looked at it as, as we were talking about it because I didn't think to do it earlier. It was in a fantasy footballer's draft uh, that's a keeper, and somebody took him in round seven. My, uh, my only concern is oh. that people are, are riding this Ginn hype train just way too far. Uh, I think he's impreable. He's one of my favorite dollar auction draft people. Or like when you have the ability to bid that you know, $2 and cancel everybody out at the end, he's one of those guys that I want to make sure I get because if you have a solid roster and he's in your flex, he's a, he's a weak winner. And if he booms seven times, that's seven wins. I mean, how many more wins do you need to make the playoffs? It's not that hard. So, I mean, outside of Ted Ginn. <laughs> uh, so that's why, I'd, I mean, I love Ted Ginn. I think it's a great choice here. And I think that the the public just doesn't, has never even realized how, like, Ted Ginn's production value.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ted Ginn, we, we, we like
3: him. Um, Trey, who's your next guy? So my next guy, and I think, you know, th- this shouldn't come as a surprise to either of you guys, because we share a dynasty team that, uh, we took this guy in our draft, and I was kind of the one that was driving the the train to make the selection. Um, he's a guy that I think that obviously has been faded because of some additions to the offense. And that's Mark Ingram, running back of the uh, team we just talked about, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this is a guy, you know, the New Orleans Saints uh, last season were number one in running back carries, number one in running back targets, number one in running back touchdowns. I mean, th- this is an offense that. Uh, produces a lot of points at the running back position. And for whatever reason, Mark Ingram right now is the 25th running back off the board. And you're talking about a guy that's coming off two consecutive RB1 seasons. And everybody wants to talk about Adrian Peterson is in town. And, and you guys know, I mean, we've talked about rookies. I love Alvin Kamara. Uh, but you're, you're talking about a guy that last year was a running back one in a half PPR format and literally only had about 50% of the touches in that backfield. So the narrative where Adrian Peterson and Alvin Kamara are going to be touching the ball in that offense uh, does not mean that Mark Ingram can't have value. Um, He's talented, and I absolutely believe, despite the rumors that Sean Payton hates Mark Ingram, I really truly believe that he has the ability to repeat that RB1 performance, not overall RB1, but, you know, top 12 running back. And you can get him. I mean, he's a guy that I own in my, in a dynasty league, I commish. He's a guy that I picked in a redraft league and um, I love him. If you can get him at RB25, I think that that's basically stealing.
0: I don't know, Trey. I read on Twitter that Sean Payton hates him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like Probably he tweeted one. at his family that he hates them too because <laughs> they're related to Mark Ingram
0: uh well uh, before I jump in you want to give your thoughts on Mark Ingram
2: uh I, I, I just I guess I'm just kind of indifferent to Mark Ingram uh I think he's he has great potential it's so hard to tell with coaching like the NFL coaching carousel not, not carousel but the the coach speak and people trying to read the narratives and things like that no coach is ever going to tell you exactly what they're doing they want it that way so I think where you're grabbing Ingram with RB, I mean, he has easily RB1 upside. So at that point in the draft, why not grab a guy like him? At at worst, you know, he's going to get you, you know, 50 yards uh, on the ground, maybe like 25 through the air. It's not like a total bust week, but he doesn't, you know, I worry a little about his touchdown upside this year with what they're doing. But, I mean, they, they got rid of John Kuhn, the touchdown vulture, so he should be just fine this year. So yeah, I'm, 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 I like him. I mean, I'm all, I think this is great. Like he's, he's fallen way too far.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the saints use their running backs. And I think that, um, uh, you, you know, I, th- I think all the saints running backs are, are guys for me that could outperform their uh, ADP. I think Mark Ingram is, is probably the best choice of them all, but you know, I'll take a chance on AP. I know he's older, but the guy is a, is kind of superhuman. Right. And uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, I, I keep wanting to call him Kamara, but it's Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, that's right he's he's a guy that 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 we uh that I didn't love at first but but Trey has swayed me and and and, and we love him um so w- let's move on from the Saints as, as exciting as it is we like Saints offensive <laughs> players draft the Saints uh, trade for Saints players um
2: what about uh your next guy Will? so my, my next guy he's not the most exciting guy on this board he's not young He's not, uh, you know, some some draft pick falling in a great situation. But as I put in our in, in the notes, and for uh, taking a BM is always a good idea. Uh, and I'm talking about Brandon Marshall of the New York Giants and where he's falling in drafts. He, uh, uh, he. Oh, actually, sorry, I skipped over the other one. But anyway, uh, sorry, he's going to pick six oh five. He's going as wide receiver thirty. I wanted to jump to him to get to get my points in on Brandon Marshall. So I went and did a little bit of research about him. Uh, just as his history. And because I'd heard a lot of great things about him, you know, there's a little bit worry about the age he's doing that, but it, so he's only not gone over a thousand yards in three seasons. So he had his one as a rookie uh, where he was a little bit injured and banged up his rookie year on the, on the Broncos that year. He had the one of the bears where Alshon was emerging and he was also, pr- I mean, I remember that he was just hurt the whole year and last year with the jets, which was a complete dumpster fire like situation. So even though he's old, the dude's a producer he has, he's on a team now with a prolific passing offense. Despite my concerns about Eli Manning, I guess my thing is uh, with how low Brandon Marshall is going uh, for him to outperform his ADP by six to eight slots. I think is a very, very easy thing to take. He easily could be thousand yards, eight touchdowns. And that puts him, you know, at where he's going at wide receiver 30, he should easily be a top 20 wide receiver. So not really exciting, but just kind of a, don't, don't forget about the old guys, and especially Brandon Marshall. He's proven that switching teams doesn't hurt him. It basically only helps him.
0: That's for sure. That's for sure. Trey, Brandon Marshall, what are your thoughts on Brandon Marshall? Um, not a guy that you hear talked about a lot for whatever reason. People have kind of forgotten about him, it seems. Including
2: – see, I don't see Trey
0: including Trey, because he he didn't respond. Trey was so upset he left. He he was such a boring pick, uh, Will, that that Trey apparently fell asleep on us when you're talking about Brandon Marshall. That's how inspiring (laughs) I'm back. Uh, Oh, good. Good. He woke up. Good. Uh, Yeah, so Brandon Marshall, he put you to sleep,
3: but what do you think of him? I'll be honest. I am not 100% sure uh, what to think about Brandon Marshall this year. I'm not sure uh, what to think about that entire Giants offense. Um, so, I, you know, I, I will, to be determined, I think that this could be, uh, I mean, you know, again, we're talking about not necessarily where these guys um, are going to finish, but where they're being taken. I think at wide receiver 30, um, obviously, Brandon Marshall has put up some huge, huge numbers. And uh, maybe uh, there in New York with Eli throwing him the football, he undergoes a career renaissance. He's not a guy that I own anywhere. I haven't gone in on him. Um, in dynasty or in redraft, um, so I, I'm not real sure. I, I can't say that I, um, you know, have a, a good feeling one way or the other about this. I'll be interested to see how he performs there in that offense.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way about Brendan Marshall. I, I think he's he's definitely a guy though that could, you know, if, if you're taking him as the 30th wide receiver overall, he could, you know, he could really improve upon that. So I, I think there in the draft when you know as you get to pick laters you, you you know later in the draft you want to pick players with upside um he's a good choice he's certainly a good choice um I, my my guy that i want to talk about next um I, I talked about this guy a lot with both trey and will and, and that's zay jones zay jones is the wide receiver uh 50 0 overall and, you know, what I like about Zay Jones – I mean, really, what don't I like about Zay Jones, right? First of all, <laughs> let's start with opportunity. And I'll try not to go on and on because I have this tendency where if you let me talk about Zay Jones, I'm going to talk about him all night long. I, I, I'll try not to do that. Um, uh, but opportunity. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity in, in Buffalo. Um, who are they going to throw the ball to? They've got to throw the ball to, to somebody. They're going to run the ball a ton, I realize that. Um, and, and they've kind of – they're starting to mail it in for this year. But he's going to have the opportunity. Um, they invested heavy draft capital in Zay Jones and the guy is talented. I mean, if you look at his college numbers, they're unbelievable. He has a 94th percentile spark score. And if you don't know anything about spark scores, let me just tell you, that means he's like uber athletic. Um, and the guy is super smart. Um, he is a guy that in college, um, he only played in the slot until his senior year. He was a late bloomer and his senior year of college. Um, the, the, his wide receivers coach and his coaching staff, uh, put him in five different positions across the field. So he didn't play on the outside until his senior year. Uh, and he had a great senior year, a record-breaking senior year. So all those things add up to a guy that's worth investing in. Oh, oh did I mention that his, uh, his dad is a, is a Super Bowl champion. He was a linebacker <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys. He's got the NFL pedigree. Uh, so I, I love, love, love Zay Jones, especially wide receiver 50. Uh, if you could trade for him in dynasty right now before he blows up, please do and redraft. So you get him late. Take him. Why not? Take him. If he doesn't pan out. If I'm wrong, you can, you can drop him. You're not investing much in him. Uh, Zay Jones guys. What do you, what do you think about Zay Jones? Will, what do you think about Zay Jones?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go first here. I, so I'm not a big believer in Zay Jones. We've talked about this a little bit in the past not to dwell on that, but uh, I, I'm also not, I don't want to discount his value and his opportunity that I'm not the best NFL talent scout in the world. I do worry about his uh, transition into the NFL and dealing with pro level talent on the other side, not in a spread offense. I'm very, very worried about uh, the Buffalo Bills offense this year. I think Zay Jones, I love him as a dynasty target in a sense, but as a redraft, I just, I mean, yeah. 1101. So at this point in the draft, you're not losing a lot. If he doesn't end up doing anything, you could replace him. Uh, I just have a lot of concerns about what they're doing on offense, but I like, I like the pick. And I think that Zay Jones has the athletic profile. He's an intelligent, intelligent dude. And he, uh, you know, if, if he ends up becoming, let's say, let's say a low end wide receiver three, uh, maybe, maybe high
3: wide receiver three is the ceiling.
2: Uh, that's great for this late in the draft. Trey, what do you think of Zay
0: Jones? Yeah,
3: I think that the the thing I like, I think that the wide receiving core um, and really pass catchers, if you include Charles Clay, I think that the, the pass catchers in Buffalo are being a little bit underrated heading into this year. And You guys know my affinity for Tyrod, not necessarily as an NFL quarterback, but as a fantasy quarterback. I think this year uh, he's certainly – to be tested but I think that and 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 you know also Jordan Matthews for me was in strong consideration we're talking about this he's being you know drafted almost I think as late as uh, Zay Jones and so I think I think both of those guys I think both Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones have the opportunity this year to put up some good numbers and again you know you're drafting them to be your you know fourth or even fifth wide receiver so um, I think that uh, there's a, a huge opportunity. If for some, I know that um, Jordan Matthews has missed some time here recently with this sternum issue. If for some reason Jordan Matthews were to miss time, I think that Zay Jones stands to just be absolutely uh, littered with targets. And so I think in the NFL, targets are the most valuable commodity for a wide receiver. So that's opportunity, and, and he could end up being a huge breakout. So I like the take, Ryan, of buying him in Dynasty. I think in redraft, you know, he's a guy that's great to stash at the end of your roster and see how he does. So I like it. I, I think it'll be an interesting – I think that Buffalo offense is going to be very interesting to watch. And they get a great. I mean, they start off against the Jets, so, you know, he could have a big coming-out party. Everybody's sleeping on that offense. LaShawn McCoy is a huge weapon. I, I mean, I, I think Tyrod is a lot better quarterback than he gets credit for being. And uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how that offense does to start the season.
0: Bills, Jets, game of the week, week one, no doubt about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, from a fantasy perspective, it'll be interesting to see um, some things like how Zay Jones performs the first game of the year. Um, let's, so let's wrap up the segment, guys. Let's quickly uh, throw out a, another guy each. Uh, so, so Trey, let's start with you. This 30 seconds, one more guy you think will
3: Yeah. And that's Pierre Garcon. Um, and I, he's a guy I've heard talked about by some other analysts and, you know, I love the guy. I, I think that he's going to lead that team in San Francisco at targets. He floor absolutely flourished under uh, Kyle Shanahan in Washington to the tune of over 110 catches and 1300 yards. And so I think he's going to lead that team at targets. There's going to be some negative game scripts. I think to you know, I think that a top fifteen finish is not unreasonable at all for Pierre Garçon, and you get him just out of the uh, wide receiver thirty-one. I think that's stealing. Matt Harmon loves Pierre Garçon. Yeah, Pierre Garçon's a really good, really good thing. <laughs> Pierre
0: Garçon. <laughs> <laughs> well, who
2: would be your next oui, choice? Wee oui. <laughs> Continuing on this uh, wide receiver excitement extravaganza, uh, my next one is Richard Matthews. The Tennessee Titans, it's just basically, uh, he's not the biggest, he's not the best athletic profile, he's not the most productive receiver in his career, he had a really, really great end of the year, I'm not going to dive into those stats, because we all know that he did really well, he's going on the 10.07 pick, uh, roughly on ADP, wide receiver 47, my thing with him is, uh, get him for early in the year, he, both uh, Decker and Corey Davis haven't been around in training camp. So Rashard Matthews is going to be the reliable receiver for Marcus Mariota in the beginning of the year. Their defense isn't that great. They potentially could be chasing points early, especially against the offenses that they play early. He's a guy that's going to win you weeks early in the season. And what more could you ask for out of a pick that late?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Early in the year starts off with that, uh, that Oakland defense. And I think he's going to have a big week one, Uh good play in uh, daily fantasy. Matthews is a great call there. Well, um, so my, my guy is kind of interesting and I hesitant to put him on here, but, but 30 seconds, let me give you a quick overview of Thomas Rawls, why I like him. Cause I mean, right now he's the number one running back in Seattle. And, and, and as uh, we mentioned in that other segment, uh, he hasn't played an entire season at, at, at starting at running back since high school. Uh, so the guy just gets injured all the time. He, he doesn't play. But the thing is, if he does, if he can play, the guy is ultra competitive. He's a prideful guy. He wants to dominate that role. He doesn't want to share the backfield with Eddie Lacy. Um, you know, he he wants to be the man in Seattle, and he's shown he could do it. So, you know, at the running back 39, 8 uh, eight eight, eight eleven overall, I think you should go get Thomas Rawls because he could pay off big that late uh, in the draft. So Thomas Rawls is my is my last guy.
2: As long as he's playing, he's worth starting.
0: That's it, as long as he's playing. And I know there's a chance that he won't be, but... You know, get him.
2: I mean, that's it, though. Like, yeah, he's he's gonna a bruiser. Just don't have him your long-term solution for the year. Love him other than that. Trey, what do you think
3: about Thomas Rawls? Yeah, you know, I think that I've been going back and forth about the whole backfield. And I really – I've got a super spicy ghost pepper hot take for you. Um, I think that uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Chris Carson who could legitimately – be the most valuable back for this football season in the Seattle backfield. Um, I don't know, like, I don't know whether to think Eddie Lacey is going to be a top 10 running back this year or just be an absolute waste of everybody's time. Um, Thomas Rawls, I think maybe already in question for week one, just a litany of guys there that are uh, seemingly made of glass. And then you have this rookie of all the teams in the NFL, Pete Carroll is going to play whichever player gives his team the best chance. Whoever's going to be the best at that moment is who's going to – it doesn't matter if they're a rookie. doesn't matter the draft capital, as we saw with Thomas Rawls. So, man, I'm excited to see uh, what Chris Carson brings to the table there in Seattle. It'll be interesting. I, it wasn't, you know, super spicy hot take. Chris Carson is the highest scoring half PPR running back for the Seahawks in week one what oh not just the season <laughs> no nah, week oh, wow. one three plays in three running
2: backs go down chris carson to the plate in football so i guess like to the the field <laughs> yeah he's first definitely... play 72 yard touchdown catch caught 25 yards downfield
3: jukes out ha ha clinton dicks and houses it <laughs> just imagine I, I the think... headlines. I think Pete Carroll said if they had had Carson, they would have never passed from the one-yard line in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, no, they still would have.
2: They wanted uh, Russell Wilson to be MVP of that game.
0: Uh, No, I saw some guy. Some guy said that on Twitter, so it's got to be true, Trey. I think I read that
2: too. (laughs)
0: That's right. I heard if uh,
2: if Eddie Lacy actually had done a fresh set of P90X on the sidelines, they actually would have run it in from the one-yard line in the Super Bowl.
3: I want to love Eddie Lacy in Seattle, I do. All the comparisons to Marshawn Lynch, I'm just, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because Carson, you know, Seattle's shown they can do this. I mean, they got a guy like Thomas Rawls. They turned him into this fantasy viable player. And, um, yeah, no, if Carson gets his shot, he he is interesting. No doubt about that. Let's wrap up the show here with some. Um, red, hot, spicy takes for either week one or for the season. It might be more interesting to do for the whole year. Uh, Trey, you gave a, a, a pretty hot take. Uh, do you want to outdo that take, or to you want to sit in the clubhouse with your, your Carson take?
3: No, I'm going to bring one more to the table. This one's super spicy. This is a guy that I love. I'm going to say that Alvin Kamara – the aforementioned Alvin Kamara, superstar for the New Orleans Saints, is the number one scoring fantasy tight end in full PPR. Er, did I just <laughs> say tight <tied in? laughs> end? No, that's, that's old, right? <laughs> Position switch. <laughs> fantasy Joes. Oh, and we're off the rails. So Alvin Kamara is the number one PPR scoring rookie running back in 2017.
0: All right, all right. Hot that takes. That is hot. That is hot. Uh, Will Greenwood, you you got a, you got a hot spicy take to, uh, to
2: close out the show. Oh, so, uh, man! All the spicy takes that I could choose from. Uh, I think I'm gonna do. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do, uh, one one guy that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, I just want to, uh, my. Spicy hot take is that Jonathan Stewart sets a career high in touchdowns. So uh, in 2009, he had 10 rushing and one receiving touchdowns. I bet Jay J- Stew puts up 12 touchdowns this year. Nice. 12, 12 touchdowns. I don't bet. That's just a hot take. Like they're hot and spicy. <laughs> Super fun. I'm not, that's not the Vegas line. I'm going to put money on that. But uh, <laughs> give, me, give me a better offense. Give me, you know, a Cam Newton or even look at Derek Anderson where they can get it down. Give me, uh, more gold line opportunities. Give me Cam Newton that doesn't run and the, the OG touchdown troll. Mike Tolbert is out of there. So there's nobody else to run between the tackles. Uh, unless we can free proves he can do it, but he's a rookie and I don't think they're going to risk it because they don't want him to hurt himself early. So give me 12 tutties for Jace too.
0: So, so I, I guess I need to close out the show with my, my bold, spicy hot take. So it's a three parter and maybe the first two parts aren't <laughs> so bold, hot, spicy, but I think the last one is, uh, and it's a little bit out there. So number one, uh, Tom Brady finishes as the uh, QB1 overall as a top fantasy quarterback. Uh, spicy take number two, Gronkowski is the number one uh, overall tight end fantasy. Uh, is, this, is this too hot and spicy for you guys yet?
2: I'm roasting <laughs> in my seeing.
0: Number three, the New England Patriots go undefeated this year. Uh, ah. They don't lose a game. Undefeated season. The one thing they haven't accomplished yet: go undefeated. Brady retires at the end of the year. Uh, in Jimmy G, and he repeats it next year, and the Patriots go undefeated. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Woo! Gonna, now we get spicy. A real hot and spicy
2: take. None of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't. Will I don't think that's hot. I don't. I don't think that's hot enough, man. I don't think the the Patriots being
2: undefeated is hot enough. So, so give me something else. Give me another hot take. My, so I'm, I'm not going to give you my hottest take yet because I'm saving that for the last one after we go around, uh, unless you guys don't have any more after that. My next one is no Jets player finishes in the top 24 at their given position. I, I and I almost pushed this back to top 30. The Jets are going to be terrible. They're, they're week to week volatility, maybe streamable at some point, but in general, who, who are you going to trust on that offense? Bilal Powell. I've ridden him up and down, but he can't handle a full workload. There's a reason he's never been a full-time back. Uh, He's not – at the end of the year, total points, they will not have a single top 24 finisher on their team,
3: including quarterback and tight end. I'm glad you didn't go top 30 because if you had done top 30, there's a gentleman by the name of Ardarius Stewart that I might have had to slip a little hot take in but with the potential to finish in the top 30. Just due to some volume that I think is going to happen up there, but I like it. I yeah, that offense is just disastrous.
0: It's good, yeah. I mean, it's hard to. I'm not sure that's even a hot take
2: because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be bad. They're going to be real bad. Well, you see, you see a lot of projections, and if you go on like Yahoo Fantasy and you look at their PPR stats, they have. Uh, Robbie Anderson super high in their projections. They have Bilal Powell like outscoring Amir Abdullah in their projections. They have a lot of uh, – they just have a few Jets players that, that carry some fantasy points. And my, my suggestion is to find somebody to offload those players on who look at the trade evaluator on those kind of sites and look at their projected points. Do it now before it's too late because this Jets team is going to be horrible. Okay.
0: Yeah, maybe a counter hot take might be a guy like Jeremy Curley could be a you know, wide receiver, uh, you know, top, top 24 wide receiver in fantasy. You know, that's what he did with – I don't know where he was last year with San Francisco, but he could come in and, you know, catch a lot of balls and not be somebody you want to start, but if you had to play someone on the flex, you could play
3: Jeremy Curley, maybe. You
2: take Jeremy Curley and you throw him on the ground.
3: I got another hot take for you guys before, Will, before you start turning up the heat a little bit. Devontae Parker, wide receiver one, half PPR. Fuck oh. it, baby. Put it on the board. Put her, put her down.
0: Wide receiver one. Uh, is that dependent on Jay Cutler being healthy the whole year? No.
3: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, ta- the talent is there. The first couple years in the league, he wasn't taking it seriously. He's rededicated himself the offseason. The offseason reports have been glowing, just like they have with every other dolphin <laughs> from the top, the top of the roster to the practice squad. No, I'm buying in. I'm all in. I think he's ready to break out. I think he's gonna have an amazing year. I think Jay Cutler only helps things. But uh yeah, wide receiver one, top 12. Just feeling the DP. Yeah, I love Devontae Parker.
0: I don't know if we can go out on Devontae Parker. I I might be at a hot take. So so Will, do you have something to, to bring us home?
2: So I got two more I'd like to share. And I'm gonna share the the what I feel is the uh lesser of the two spicy hot takes that I have left. And that is that Tevin Coleman finishes it within 20 points, 0.5, like half point PPR of Devonte Freeman.
3: Yeah, that's, that's bold. You got to be bank, banking on injury then. No, I think in that offense, and I
2: think you're going to see Devontae Freeman's usage uh, rate go down a little bit. I get that there's new coordinators and things like that, but you don't, you don't give a, a running back uh, like all that money and run him into the ground. They're going to run Coleman into the ground, is my opinion, because he's cheap and basically he's expendable. So, and and, and again, like, I'm not the NFL guru, but I think he has the talent level to do it. And if he's succeeding and they don't need to run Freeman into the ground to win regular season games and they can save him for the playoffs, give me the first 16 16 weeks, give me within 20 points of uh, Devontae Freeman and half-point PPR.
3: Wow.
2: That's spicy hot. Man, if, I'm pay, I, I, if, I'm bet, if I'm betting in Vegas, I'm betting on Freeman, but this is a hot take.
0: Man, I got a jacket right now. See happening. I got this right
2: to <laughs> I gotta, I gotta take my jacket off. Man, it's just too hot for me. Just are, you guys, hot. Uh, are you guys ready
0: for this <laughs> last one, or do you,
2: you got to get one more follow-up?
3: I don't know if I'm ready after that last one, but I, well, let's
2: hear it. So that one was so spicy, it literally lit smoking Jay Cuddy's cigarette to finish as a top 12 quarterback <laughs> in the 2017 fantasy football season. Oh. Give me a bad defense. Give me the weapons that he has now. Give him a faster Alshon Jeffrey. Give him a, a, He is just going to be slanging the ball around all day long down in Miami. They're not going to be good as a team. He's going to be, but at the end of the day, at the end of the year, weeks one through 16, give me Jay Cuddy as a top 12, four point per passing touchdown quarterback.
0: Yeah, that's spicy, my friend. Uh, yeah, the, you, you've had too much spice. I think you need to go to the ER. I, I, think, I think we need to, you might have food poisoning him there's too much spice I <laughs> I mean, he's have.
2: what He's what? like six to, i mean you know the, he's he, their defense isn't good down there they it's you know they, they're gonna go up against the falcons and the panthers and the buccaneers who all have very high powered offenses they're gonna be chasing points all the time yeah he's gonna throw interceptions in fact he's gonna probably throw some pick sixes all it's gonna do is have to make him throw more throw more tutties to your who's gonna be throwing this wide receiver one
3: <laughs> Devontae Listen, where is gonna be
2: jay Cuddy. he's gonna be slinging the ball over the field and then he's gonna finish as a quarterback one
3: where is scott game. fish where is scott fish to tell you about jay ajayi's 2300 yard 24 rushing touchdown season <laughs> I mean, that, I, that, you, obviously, you did not get the memo that the They're Dolphins just going to stack the line, and he's going... just
2: going to be just throwing these little like – they're not going to be accurate. They're just going to be relatively in the zone, and Parker's going to come down with them. Julius Thomas is going to go up there and go all old Peyton Manning reception <laughs> style, slanging touchdowns. Jarvis Landry's going to somehow catch the ball like he did that one year, when he had that tip ball touchdown. <laughs> uh, and then at one point in time, he's going to be like, hey, Kenny Stills, just run straight as fast as you can, and he's just going to heave it. There there he's going to throw it 75 yards in the air and still is not going to go all Ted Ginn on him. He's actually going to catch it. It's going to be a tutty. Oh,
3: man. Uh, okay, do I, 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 I Honestly,
2: do I really think that's going to happen? No. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really liked the idea of him having the opportunity to finish as a top 12 fantasy quarterback. I,
3: th- right. I think your Coleman and Freeman take was spicier, really. I I was deciding between the two
2: but I feel like Cuddy's more of a fun character to end on. Like Coleman oh, yeah. and, like Coleman and Freeman's uh it's kind of dull. Like I feel like both yeah. those guys like I feel like Freeman is the mo- like one of the more boring running back ones to draft in this year's uh, season.
0: All right, on that note, we've got into the show. It's too hot for everybody <laughs> out there listening to this podcast. So yeah, take a shower. So thanks for taking a chance on us. (laughs) We are the the Fantasy Joes. This is podcast number one, episode one. We'll come at you next week. Uh, We'll get you ready for week two. So on behalf of Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes.